Vrinda ki jai. Namantari Shlaryas Sakura ki jai. Praying to Koshu Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shirui Tkadana Shivasadi Gaur Bhakti Vrinda ki jai. Shishi Radha Krishna Gogopina Shandukundara Kundi ki Gaurana ki jai. Vrinda Vidhan ki jai. Turdhan ki jai. Yavaji Manipurdhan ki jai. Jagannath Puridhan ki jai. Gangamaya Juni Devi ki jai. Bhakti Devi ki jai. Tosi Maharani ki jai. Sanvedi Bhakti Vrinda ki jai. Chashu, an inferior, Gatishu, 
destinations, Naveda does not recognize Swam, his own, Gatim, destination, Brahman, wandering. It's very interesting. Because people in the world are wondering higher and lower, they don't recognize their own home. They don't recognize where they're supposed to be going. What's that first Solachitana said about wondering? Brahmanya Bharate Bhagavanji Guru Krishna Prasanna. So that's, we have this Brahman, again, this wondering. Brahmanda, throughout the universes, they're wondering, Brahmanya Bharate. BBT translation. Guru Krishna thought. Certainly, now this is a response to the residents of Vrindavan thinking, are we going back to Godhead? What's our destination? Certainly, people in this world are wondering among higher and lower destinations, which they achieve through activities performed according to their desires and without full knowledge. Thus, people do not know their real destination. So it was a very long DPT report that's based pretty much entirely on Jiva Swami's credit to Jiva Goswami. It's also based very much on Vishnath Chakravati Thakur um, with the permission of Maharaj and Krishna Priya. I'm not going to read that report. I'm going to go instead to Sanatana Goswami's Tika. Uh, basically, the BBC purported Jiva Goswami and Vishnath Chakravati Thakur concentrate on the difference between ordinary people and the residents of Vrindavan, with talking about how Krishna is saying this, apparently speaking about the residents of Vrindavan, but the residents of Vrindavan are in a different category. Uh, we might also want to point out that in the DVD report, there's a firm distinction between Yoga Maya and Mama Maya, uh, but our devotee Gopal Hari, Radhikaman's brother, did his PhD research on the use of Maya, the word Maya, the meaning Maya in the Shastra and the Bhagavatam, and there, this, this line between how yoga, the word yoga Maya is used and the word Mahamaya or Maya is used besides this. So our saying, this is Mahamaya and this is yoga Maya, is, we do it, it's a kind of this kind of but it's not, it's not Shastra. Just, um, yoga Maya literally means magical powers achieved through the process of yoga. That's just a little aside. Fascinating book, by the way. So, Sanatana Goswami's commentary is that all people, now this is really interesting because Sanatana Goswami is going to use a lot of hermeneutics here to analyze the different ways that this verse can be understood. And he's going to look at two main ways, which are certainly complementary, but they're not the same. So this is first. All people, generally, wander in this material world. Vi indicates that it is well known. The meaning is this. Other persons do not at all know their real goal. This means the best of yogis and jnanis. So his first explanation is that what Krishna is saying is nobody in the world is well known that no one in the world, even the best of yogis and jnanis, know where they're supposed to go. Okay, going on with the Swami, but more than the inhabitants of Vaikuntha, I cannot give up my eternal devotees who cannot bear separation from me for even a moment. They are complete in their goal. So they are complete in their goal, saying they already know their goal. 
I must fulfill their desire that it arises out of curiosity or out of prema. So this is also very interesting that here uh, Krishna is Sanatana saying that what Krishna is thinking is it's not that my devotees here in Raja are acting out of avidya. What's motivating them is either curiosity or prema, or presumably some combination. Now he's giving another way of understanding this verse, which is quite different from his first way. So going on, he says, For my servants, Jana, or cowboys, wander about in pastimes. So instead of wandering around due to their karma and their ignorance, they're wandering around in pastimes with me, Hire a lower in the way of prema. So instead of meaning they're going to heavenly plans and going to hellish plans, it means with different emotions in prema, in different pastimes they're wandering. Performing activities of service, karma bhi. So here he's using the word, Satya Swami's understanding karma to mean activities of service rather than food activities. Going on, with desire centered on me, kama. So here he's, he's understanding kama to mean desires to please Krishna. Which of course Rupa Goswami also describes a particular uh, bhav, saibhav, as being based on kama or desire. And knowledge of bhakti, vidya. So here he's turning it from avidya to vidya with using Sanskrit sandhi. Always existing with me, they know my kunda and atma with a double negative of nana. So, right, I've never done nothing means I've done something. So by using this double negative, you say they already know my kunda, they already know atma. I will fulfill the desires of my dear devotees since that desire includes everything dear to me in terms of knowing and the object of their knowledge. I thought this was particularly uh, interesting and sweet. I mean, any verse of the Bhagavatam, my own personal conviction is any verse of the Bhagavatam, you can give two to three hundred different classes on it. At least. <laughs> you know, what you're going to focus on, what problems as many angles of vision. Right? When I teach people how to give classes, I always say, find one main principle. And sometimes people, how can I find one? I said, look, there's at least 200 there that, that you can find. So again, verse to know by looking at Tasmin, Aviti Kama Karma Bhi, Uchavachasugati Shu, Namdeya Sangadimha. Lord Krishna thought, certainly people in this world are wandering among higher and lower destinations, which they achieve through activities performed according to their desires and doubtful knowledge. Thus, people do not know their real. Destination. It's interesting, uh, I'm watching very slowly, little by little, a video of Sri Prabhupada at the 1975 uh, Rathi Yatra, and I must confess I'm watching because I'm hoping I'm going to find me somewhere in the video. Uh, <laughs> where am I in the video? Uh, I have found a lot of my friends uh, in watching But as, as I was watching this, uh, I'm at the point now where Prabhupada's getting in class. And, uh, he was talking about this in the class. And it was, it was really funny as I was uh, watching Prabhupada give this class. I felt like I was uh, enthused to join the Krishna consciousness movement all over again. And whenever we hear this philosophy, it's like, yes, that, that just makes so much sense. That, that's what I want. That, 
and it's what I want to dedicate myself to. So we see this, people are wandering higher and lower, trying to find something that they never find. And this is what we see. Right? Everywhere. Let me try this, let me try that, let me try this, I'll make a lot of money, you know, I'll give up all my money to charity and look like a poor person. I'll try this career, and I'll try that career, and I'll try this other career. And nowadays it's, you know, I'll try this spouse, and then I'll try that spouse, and then I'll try the other spouse. You know, I'll try a spouse of the other gender, I'll try a spouse of both genders mixed together, I'll, you know, whatever, they, constantly. You know, I'll, I'll be an animal, I'll be a demigod. I'll live in this country, I'll live in that country. You know, and all of us in our own little way trying this kind of thing. You know, I'll get this piece of furniture, or I'll eat this kind of food, or I'll wear this kind of clothing, or, or you know, right? We're constantly, isn't it? Even if it's very small adjustments, I'll change my schedule a little bit. I'll change my diet, I'll get a different herb that I'll take for my health, or I'll... I won't, work, I won't work with this person anymore. I said I'll work with this person. And you keep thinking, you know, if I do this, I'll be happy. Does it work? Does it work? Does there any material adjustment we've been able to make in our life that gives us the kind of happiness that we want? This doesn't work. You know, when I get this new computer, like I've got a new computer coming in the mail now from China, I'm like, wow, I need a new computer. Then I'll be happy. But I've had new computers before. You know, they make you happy for a little while, isn't it? Right? Like an unworn out keyboard. <laughs> and then after a while, it's just your computer. Just... Actually, uh, Reggie Harden was once talking about this, how the studies have shown that people who come into a lot of money, you know, they carry a lot of money, or they win the lottery. So at first they're so happy, and within six months, they're right back to however happy they were, whatever level of happiness they were, before they won the lottery. And that works with catastrophic things, too. You know, someone will get in an accident and become paralyzed and in a wheelchair, and their life is finished, and they're depressed, and within about six months, they're back to the same level of happiness as they were before the accident. I mean, it just... So we're, we're trying, we're really trying. Carol was talking about this in this class also, that according to our desires, you know, and our, our, our actions based on our desires, I'm thinking, if I could just get that, or be that, or go there, then I would be happy. And therefore we engage in activities to be that, or go there, or get that. And when we get there, we're like, no. Or we're like, yes, no. <laughs> And we think, oh, I just picked the wrong material combination, isn't it? I just, I just got to work for a different company, or I got to get a different pair of shoes, or I different. And, just, and, and each time you just think, I'm going to get it right next time. I'm going to get it right next time. Uh, the class I'm scheduled to give on Wednesday is about, um, it's a story for Arjuna. It's funny, it's also a chapter 28. It's almost it's a different chapter, but it's practically the same chapter in verse. So there, Parenthood is leaving his body, the, this uh, metaphorical person, every man. He's leaving his body, he's leaving his body, worrying about his family, and thinking, I didn't enjoy it enough. And so what's going to happen? Then he's going to get another body to try 
again. Right? And Prabhupada's commenting, even at the end of life, we still have material desires. It's not like you're going to get old and the body's not so good at fulfilling your desires anymore and therefore you won't have the desires anymore. It's just it's not the case. You know, you still have the desires. Your body just can't do anything about them. And so then you go to another. And this is how most of us die. Most of us die with some unfulfilled desires or some frustrated desires. And Krishna says, okay, you know, you can try again. And we don't know what is our real goal. And we find when we try to tell this to people, they're very resistant. We try to tell people, you know, your real goal is spiritual. So people in general aren't, they're not interested in hearing that. They're, and this is true whether they're a karmi, a yani, or a yogi. You know, what I was speaking about so far are basically the karmis and vikarmis. Nowadays, most of them are vikarmis. But then the karmis are really pious people, genuine religious people, and they, they're thinking, I'm going to wander through the universe and get what I want by the grace of God. I'm going to be a pious person. And that way I'll conquer, you know, the V-karmis are, I'm going to conquer material energies by being impious. The karmis are, I'm going to conquer material energies by being pious. The jnanis are, I'm going to conquer material energy by being detached. And the yogis are, I'm going to conquer material energy through subtle power. But none of them really know where to go. And everybody becomes frustrated. You know, everybody's frustrated. Or we think, I'm going to get a new leader. You know, I mean, it's nice not to have the crazy man blubbering on the news all the time. But it's not that our present leader is like leading us to great peace and prosperity either. I mean, it's, it's always like that, isn't it? A new form of government. We're going to get communism and everybody will be happy. And it doesn't work. Uh, so here, these residents of Vrindavan, they're already complete. They already know. They're not in any of these categories. They're not foolish people. Not only do they already know the goal, they've already achieved the goal. There they are with Krishna in Boma Vrindavan. They're already in the topmost place. They, they don't have any of these problems. I mean, in Boma Vrindavan, you do have devotees who are at various levels of advancement. So you do have devotees in Boma Vrindavan who have not yet achieved full Krishna consciousness without any anarthas. And, and this chapter in Krishna book is where Srila Prabhupada talks about how where in this life if we come to Krishna consciousness, we join Krishna's leelas in the material world. He says for further training and then we uh, join the past ones within the spiritual world. Of course, when Krishna comes to the material world, he brings some of his interested uh, devotees with him. They are expanding. It's not like the spiritual world is empty while they're traveling around the material world. Uh, although it's interesting, we have Bible Talmud that there's some talk about that. But they're able to expand. Just like also we have Bible Talmud to go with Kumar Asnari Muni. How do I see you everywhere? He says, because I can expand myself. So some of Krishna's eternal associates, like Nanda, Yasoda, etc., Shidam, Subal, uh, they're traveling with Krishna through the material worlds, but they're also picking up the sadhana siddha devotees and the kripa siddha devotees who are joining Krishna's pastimes, like the sages who are with Lord Ramachandra, the personified Vedas who become gopis, and also there are persons who are becoming Krishna conscious in those leelas and are not yet at their eternal swaroop. 
like we read about the wives of the Ramanas, who after meeting Krishna wanted to become gopis. But in that time they weren't, only one of them was able to transition in that particular time. Or Rupa Swami talks about in uh, Matan Dwarka that the wives of the Kurus and the Yadus, that many of them thought, oh, I want to be Krishna's queen. But of course that wasn't going to happen in that manifestation. And then there are all kinds of persons in Krishna's pastimes who are not even that advanced at all. You know, those who maybe see him as he walks down the street in Mathura and become attracted. And of course there are even demons in Krishna's home. I mean, how do you know demons? But many of them become purified. I mean, one of the most interesting to me is Pandraka, who pretends to be Lord Vishnu by two artificial arms. It's like, really? I'm serious, thank you, thank you, because I hope it didn't look like artificial arms in the Indian movies. You know, the tinfoil crown and like that. Uh, but he ended up getting a Swarupya Muti because he was always meditating on this form. Anyway, so in Boma Vrindavan, Krishna has his pastimes, there are devotees at many, many stages of advancement. It, it's interesting in the um, Bhakti Samhita Sindhu. One of the things that's been really most interesting to me in studying the Southern Ocean is where Rupa Goswami is talking about what stimulates ecstatic love for Krishna among the pure devotees, among the Siddha devotees, whether they're Sadhana Siddha, Siddha, or Nitya Siddha. And one of the things that is a, a stimulant, uh, technically, is a Vibhava, Alambana, Ashraya, the shelter of love, are Sadhikas, are practicing devotees. Rupa Goswami specifically says, practicing devotees who are not yet free of anartas. Shiva Prabhupada translates this as who are not yet free of the material impasse. Uh, the literal translation is who can see Krishna directly, and Shiva Prabhupada translates that as who are eligible to enter the kingdom of God. Rupa Goswami then quotes from the 11th canto about the Majjhima devotee, one who's trying to love God, who makes friendship with the devotees, who is kind to the innocent and avoids the atheists. So this Majjhima devotee, who still has an artist, who's not free of the material impasse, but who is eligible to enter the kingdom of God, acts as a stimulus for ecstatic love for the pure devotees. So what does this mean, who's eligible to enter the kingdom of God, if they still have an artist? Prabhupada would say, all of the time, unless you are like fire, you cannot enter into fire. Unless you're completely pure, you cannot enter into the spiritual world. And so this means the devotees who can go into Krishna's home, Lila, for further training. Just like we see some of the gopis when Krishna is playing the sloop for the Lila, some of them are, they actually can't externally get free of the restraints of their family members. So the family members are trying to restrain all the gopis. Most of them are able to leave anyway. Like so many of us who came to the Krishna Consciousness Movement did so, although our family members objected. But some of the gopis they, they weren't able to leave. Why? Our charities explained, Shiva Prabhupada explains, because they still had some anartas that needed to be purified in separation. And through association with the Nijasiddha gopis, so at least Sadhana gopis or those in some level of advancement by the Sangha of Nijasiddha devotees. And we see this happen with the wives of the Brahmanas. They got association with the Nijasiddhas through like the flower sellers 
and, and, and therefore they came to this point. So it's natural that these devotees, that some of them may be curious, because there's not a Goswami saying, out of curiosity or out of prayer. So we can imagine uh, we can, that some of these devotees would be curious, right? Just like I would assume that most of us are curious. Am I really going to go back to that? You know, I look at my heart and I'm like, eh, it doesn't look like it. Right? In my behavior, I just had a letter, another letter from the devotee that I offended him, and I was like, oh, sheesh. Can I go one day without offending anybody? It's like, is it possible? I don't know. You know maybe today I won't offend So we look at this and we just think, am I actually, is it possible? How is it possible? So even these devotees who were there with Krishna in his Vaubhulila are thinking, oh. You know, after Nanamars gets captured by Varuna, and they hear about Varuna offering respects to Krishna, it's like, talks about this hope against hope. And Guru Goswami says some heavy things about himself. He says, I've never done any sadhana. You know, an interesting statement. I've never done any sadhana. I've never done any service. I've nothing auspicious about that. Right? When I read that, I'm like, sheesh, you know, Guru Goswami says that. What am I going to say? Uh, we, we have, you know, we were just writing and Radharani saying, there's so much nectar in these two syllables, Krishna, I want millions of ears and millions of tongues, and I'm thinking, I just want to finish my rounds. So I've never chanted the name of Krishna, you know, never. Millions of ears. I've preached to just asking for this, can I have millions, you know, Krishna says, what do you want? I want millions of ears. And I read this, and I think, Never once chanted the name of the Lord. I've never once actually done any service. I've never ever served the devotee. Everything is nasty. And then what Rupa is saying still, but I have a hope that you're merciful. So these residents have a hope. Curiosity, is it possible? So Krishna wants to reciprocate this and says, yes. Now you're actually going home. You're not going to wander anymore. You're actually going home. You're my people. And for the other devotees, it's out of prema. It's not out of curiosity. Prabhupada, clearly speaking, but it's funny, Prabhupada says different things about himself at different times. Sometimes Prabhupada said that we have no hope for going back to Godhead for the coming crores of our lifetimes, but we hope we can do some service. And other times he said, devotee is fearless as he knows he's going back and going back to Godhead. Interesting how he positions himself at different times and he's in different moods before we get to the moment. So the, the ninjas in the devotees, they're, they are ready. There's a complete certainty for them. It's where they are. But it's out of love. Can we see assurance of our eternal home? 
I mean, in one sense, there's no difference between the Vrindavan and the spiritual world and the world of Vrindavan. I like what Bukumar says, when he goes back and forth, he only notices the difference in the travel. Oh, I'm going here, I'm going there. But in another sense, there is a difference. There's hints of demons in the spiritual world, but there aren't any actual demons. And the so-called demons like Kalia just give the Lord a ride on the Jamuna and Keshi gives the Lord a ride around Vrindavan. And there, there's not actually anybody inimical. And so there are some differences. There's no one there who still needs to be purified, although Krishna consciousness is dynamic. And so the Nijasiddhi Lodi just out of love. It's one of the symptoms of love that they are attached to Krishna's abode. It's actually one of the unbaths and one of the voluntary expressions of emotion of those who attain just the stage of bhava in terms of Shraddha Prana is this great attachment for the Lord's abode. I mean, most of us feel that way about our material home, isn't it? Right, wherever we live, if we're traveling for a while, then come home. <laughs> or where we were born. I mean, when I go to New York, I'm like, yeah, I feel a little bit more than a little similar flavor. Huh? Or some places associated with a particular person that we're attached to. Oh, this is, this is where my husband was born. This is his childhood home. This is where my child was born. This is where my parents were born. So the devotees, they love Vrindavan. Therefore, out of love, out of prema, they want to see the eternal abode. So Krishna's fulfilling that desire. So then at the end of the Sikha, Sanatana Goswami is giving this very different meaning. Because everything that exists materially is a reflection of what exists spiritually. As above, so below. Whatever we find here has some pure, eternal archetype of which this is some sort of a shadowy reflection. So there is a wandering due to desire and activities of those who are interested in devotees in the spiritual world. And that is a wandering through various moods of brainwashing. So in the Bhakti Sunday, the Sindhu Sunday, I just like to refer to this all the time, this kind of when I'm absorbed in right now. So in order to have rasa, in order to have taste, there has to be a combination of ingredients. So you start with the devotee's basic relationship. Let's take a basic relationship of sakya, friendship, so like Shriyam, Subal, so that's a particular flavor. Yes, all of us know that flavor of friendship that I hope everybody has a friend. Yeah. Or you hope you had a friend. We have some idea what friendship is. It's a feeling. It's experiential feeling, friendship. Then there may be some other primary psychos that help. So some, some people are like friends with some servitude mixed with it. Or some friends with some parental mixture. If they're younger friends, they're friends with the idea of service. If they're older friends, they're friends with the idea of care. And there's different degrees of intimacy among Christian friends. So they have that feeling. And then there's the secondary side of like comedy. 
So which of Krishna's friends is very involved in this comedy? Madhamanga. So the secondary basic relationship of comedy is very prominent in the friendship of Madhamanga. And sometimes it's fear. Oh, Bhagavad is going to swallow Krishna. And the secondary sidebars, the secondary basic relationships, they come and go. Sometimes they become so dominant that they temporarily overshadow the basic relationship. So sometimes the feeling of comedy is so you're with your friend and you're so much into comedy that your basic relationship becomes one of comedy rather than friendship. The comedy kind of overshadows, overpowers the friendship temporarily. Or fear, or anger, or wonder. You climb to the top of a mountain with your friend and you're looking at the view and the feeling of wonder or the feeling of wonder that your friend's doing something amazing, it, it kind of overshadows the friendship for a moment. So that's kind of a way that these secondary sidebars leave impressions. Materially, we have impressions. You know, we have our sunscars, we have impressions, how our parents treated us, where we grew up, what kind of food we like to eat. Like, I used to be served kasha by this aunt and uncle that I didn't like, and so now I smell it on my head and move. And every day. So we have these different sansars, materially, but spiritually, these secondary sidebars, they leave permanent, that's why they're called sidebars, they leave permanent impressions. And then there's the yabicharibas, which are like, the Buddha explains, are like waves. We're talking about going on higher or lower. So these are various emotions. Arubha has 33 emotions that comes a wave on the devotee. Maybe it's disappointment. Oh, I can't find Krishna in the forest right now. And they're feeling disappointment, and they're feeling despair. And then they hear Krishna's flute, and then the despair and disappointment recedes, and joy comes in the way. And those don't leave permanent impressions. They come and they go. The waves that come out of the ocean and go back. And these, these emotions have emotions within them, just like materially. Very, oops, very angry people, thank you, very angry people can have their anger stemming from fear. Isn't that often the case? People get afraid and then they, they cover their fear with anger. Yes? As there are people who are ashamed, they're embarrassed, they're ashamed, and then their shame gets covered with fear. And so we have these kind of, I think of like one of those Russian nesting dolls. You know, a lot of our emotions, they have another emotion under it, and then they have another emotion under that. And so spiritually, emotions are also like that. One emotion causes an emotion, which then causes another emotion. And there are all these different ways. And so the devotees in Prema, they're moving on these waves of ecstasy. That's how they're traveling. It's not that Krishna consciousness is bland. It's not that, well, once I achieve my destination, you know, then I'm there. And then that's kind of it. No, there's a constant traveling on these waves, and they also travel with the Lord, right? Like they're traveling with the Lord in his material pastimes in the material world. They're traveling with the Lord in his pastimes in the spiritual world. And there's a unity of desires. Like here is explained, Krishna is saying, my desire is to serve my devotees, and the devotee's desire is to serve him. So this is our choice about wandering. I mean, if we don't want to wander at all, then we can go to the Brahmajati and just 
be here now. I'm just static. Uh, but otherwise, we can choose to wander in this world without ever going home. Maybe it's here, maybe it's there, maybe it's here, maybe it's there. Being disappointed again and again and again. Or we can wander with the Lord in these waves of ecstasy, in these waves of prema, in these waves of spiritual emotion where we're constantly having uh, taste. So questions, comments, additions, subtractions, chastisements. Oh no, then it's going to be really bad. Then that means it's a correction. He doesn't want to embarrass you in front of everybody else. I'm going to write you later about how long I am. Sorry. Anybody else? Comments? Thoughts? Yes. Um, you talk about some of the people with Krishna as not without realizing and they're there. I mean, they're not the demons participating in Krishna. So, and you say that um, I'm not quite clear. Like, like the young people out there. I don't know how he got there. Kali's wives wonder about that. They wonder about how Kali got there. Of course, there's back history yeah. uh, that we can find out how they got, how we got there. But they aren't wondering that. They're saying, wait a minute. How are you getting in touch with Krishna's feet and you're also a saint? Kali's backstory, and we don't know his backstory. We don't know everybody's backstory. I'm thinking about the Yagya Brahmanas. They're there. How they're not there? They're there. And they had a chance. They could have just walked a little. The Brahmanas wanted to. They didn't walk too far, I don't think. They could have done that. They didn't. And so you have all varieties of people there when the Lord appears who have a chance. And why are they getting that chance? I'm sure each of them has their own, their own story from this life or from previous lives. But definitely when Krishna appears, there's all kinds of living activities to get an opportunity. I mean, that's true now, isn't it? We go out in the street and take a whole name and take a shot. Prabhupada, 